You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. We are going to continue our devotional podcast from the book of Acts. We're just reading the text together to understand how the church spread, because we want to be the kind of church that will spread the gospel of Jesus. So today I'm going to read uh, another story from Paul's missionary journeys. I'm going to read about uh, the church that he started in in Corinth. Now, most believers are familiar with the two New Testament books, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Yep, so these are two of four letters that we knew that Paul wrote to the city. So this city, Corinth, became a very important missionary post for Paul. It's a church that he had a rocky relationship with, and sometimes it was really good, sometimes it was a struggle. There are moments when it seems like there's terrific breakthrough, and there are some other moments where it looks like this congregation's just struggling. But today, we want to read about how that church was born. There's a lot of cool stuff um, in the background of this. So let me read Acts chapter 18 with you. So Paul's finished in Athens, and this is what the Bible says. After this, Paul left Athens, and he went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. The city of Corinth used to be, like hundreds of years before this, you know, a leading city in the Greek world, and then it was destroyed by the Roman expansion, you know, like in the second century BC. And then about 44 BC, Julius Caesar rebuilt the city and started repopulating. So it would be, it's a Greek city that was coming back with a Roman flair. It was a metropolitan city. It would have been sort of a new place with an exchange of lots of ideas. By the time Paul's there, you know, this city is, has already been reconstructed for 100 plus years. But in its new identity, uh, as a port city, it's a place where a lot of merchandise and goods were, were exchanged. There'd be a real separation of the classes, lots of wealthy people, and then also lots of working class or poor people, lots of slaves. A great exchange of idea, an interesting place for a church. Well, when Paul got there, he found two missions partners, right? Aquila and Priscilla. This is interesting to me because when you read in Acts chapter 18, you're going to find um, a, a little bit of... Uh, textual history that tells you about what was going on in the background of the Roman church too. The emperor Claudius kicked all the Jews out of Rome. Priscilla and Aquila used to live there. So this is a moment when the Jews had been kicked out of the city of Rome because of a dispute over probably Christ. Uh, Roman writers say over Christus, but probably Christianity. So he finds these two Jewish people who've been kicked out of Rome and have begun taking up life in Corinth. They're tent makers. Paul's a tent maker. And so they all join in together in their work. So Paul works as a bivocational minister, preaching in the Jewish synagogues and making tents with them. So you get to see Paul's uh, pattern of ministry played out really well. He networks immediately with with the partners that are available to him. He uses his skills to earn a living, so he's asking nothing from the churches, but he is preaching in the synagogue as he tries to start a church. So his other missionary partners, Silas and Timothy, they're going to join him in a minute. And here's where we pick up in verse 5. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But 
When they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest. And he said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent of it. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. You see Paul repeat this pattern in lots of cities. He always starts with the Jewish people. And when he gets enough rejection, he says, fine, I'm going to the Gentiles. And almost always what that means is I'm going to step out of the Jewish synagogue. I'll take the the Jews who believed in Messiah will come with me. The God-fearers from the synagogue who are Gentiles, they'll come with me. But I'm going now to the Gentile hearers uh, outside the synagogue, and I'm going to see if I can keep building a church. And he did. Verse 7, when Paul left the synagogue and he went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshiper of God, Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. Many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. So Paul's beginning to see some productivity. But what I want you to see about this is this is kind of crazy that he goes, when he leaves, he leaves the synagogue, he goes next door and starts preaching. And the synagogue leader, Crispus, and Crispus's entire household were converted to Jesus. And so Paul's already starting to see some missionary success among the Jews, even when he started preaching more directly to the Gentiles. So when you read the letters of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, I hope all this is going on in the background for you, that Paul's church began with a healthy blend of Jews and Gentiles, but the synagogue was beginning to convert. Verse 9. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. I am with you. No one is going to attack or harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. So apparently Paul had some reason to be concerned, but in the night God gives him a vision where the Lord says directly to Paul, Don't be afraid. Okay, I have many people in the city. What a cool concept. Right, that Paul knows that God has people in this city that he's chosen for salvation who will respond. Paul's just got to keep preaching. Hey, how encouraging would it be to us if God did the same thing? Like if you start to get discouraged in your Sunday school class or you get start to get discouraged in your ministry to the high school or your ministry to the city or your ministry to your family, and you, you're sort of thinking about giving up, you're thinking about holding your tongue, maybe you should stop witnessing so clearly for Jesus, and God sends you a vision that says, don't stop, I have got more people that will be saved, but you got to keep preaching. I think that's pretty cool. I've got one more thing that I want to show you, and this is kind of neat to me. It's about persecution. So you get a little uh, historical and political connection here uh, in verse 12. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul. So you can actually you know, find when Gallio was the proconsul, and you can date this moment in Paul's missionary journeys, which is pretty, pretty cool for us. And they brought him to the place of judgment. All right, so even after Paul has been comforted by the Lord, here comes the persecution and oppression. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, If you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, It would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names of your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So he drove them off. Verse 17 is, is interesting to me. So then the crowd there turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul, and Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. So Paul gets off scot free, but this angry mob, when they've been 
shut down by by the Roman leaders, by the law, by law and order, when they've been shut down, they turn their anger against their own synagogue leader, Sosthenes. So maybe Sosthenes had been a sympathizer, or maybe Sosthenes wasn't hard enough. I have no idea. But Crispus, the last synagogue leader, he's already become part of Paul's church. Now Sosthenes is getting beaten by this mob. So the reason I point this out is because one thing I think is really neat is when you read 1 Corinthians, and I'd like to share the first verse of 1 Corinthians with you, that familiar name, Sosthenes, comes back up. Listen to this. Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth. Well, it turns out that when Paul was writing 1 Corinthians, he has a co-laborer in the gospel who's right there with him working on the letter whose name is Sosthenes. And I can't help but expect that it's the same guy. So not only would Crispus, the synagogue leader, have been converted, but Sosthenes too. So Sosthenes, even in the face of persecution, even when he himself was persecuted, that persecution just led him farther and more passionately to Jesus Christ. And he turned his affection for these folks in Corinth. He turned it around in a way that would allow him to shepherd them for the good shepherd. So I want to encourage you, let's follow the model of Sosthenes. Like, no matter what persecution you might face when you turn your back on your old lifestyle, begin to lead for the rest of your life for Jesus' sake. So I love this passage. I love to read about how Paul started this church in Corinth that would have become a famous church, so important for the New Testament. This background should help you read the letters of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, but also gives you a great glimpse into the ministry of Paul, his commitment, his determination, and the kind of believers that he was discipling. People like... Sosthenes. Church family, thanks for listening to today's podcast. I hope it has encouraged you in Jesus. Let's be faithful on our mission, and I cannot wait to see you this Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ.